Easter Sunday. Gosh, it feels like the middle of February, and here we are, the middle of April, and Easter Sunday is upon us. Easter Sunday, of course, comes at the time of year when our children have been off on spring break, and there's lots of fun going on. Some of us are off this weekend on holiday. Others, of course, are enjoying the warmer weather. And, of course, we've been out in the garden and celebrating all the wonders of springtime. And on a Friday, those of you who worship with us regularly will know that I send out an email. It's a congregational email highlighting what's happening at church over that particular weekend. And I usually begin with something witty or funny that someone has sent me or I've encountered in the course of the week. And this past Friday, I sent out a joke asking parents, particularly fathers and grandfathers, to tell the joke to their children and grandchildren over this Easter weekend, because fathers and grandfathers have license to tell the worst jokes ever. Uh, And I have every confidence that will happen around dinner tables this afternoon. So here is my worst joke for the Easter season. How do you catch a unique rabbit? Answer, unique up on him. Well, I thought it was funnier than that, but I'll take that. That's okay. Secondly, how do you catch a tame rabbit? Answer, the tame way. Unique up on him. (laughs) Did you honestly think it would get better the second time? Did you honestly? Easter is this time of year when we relax, have fun with family and friends, and of course, we gather at church. And we gather to celebrate the wonder and the joy of Easter Sunday. And I suspect if you took a national survey today, most people would say that they enjoy the Easter story. That it is an uplifting story. That it is an inspiring story. It's a story full of hope. It's a story about a fresh beginning after disaster and darkness. And it certainly is all of that. But if you were able to drill down a little and begin to ask some probing questions and say something along the lines of, okay, I understand it's inspirational. I understand it's uplifting. I understand that it is packed with hope of a better tomorrow. But is it true? You might get a different response. And on that first Easter Sunday morning, Matthew is recording what happened because when the ladies arrived at the tomb that first Easter Sunday morning, they wanted to know, is what's happening really true? They weren't looking for symbolism or metaphor. They wanted to know, is it true? Where is his body? And that's exactly what Matthew begins to lay out for us this morning. And he's saying to us, this story is much greater than a comforting thought. It is far too important to be dismissed as symbolism or metaphor or imagery. Is it true? And when the ladies went to the tomb that morning, can you imagine what was running through their mind in those early seconds when they arrived in the garden tomb, I imagine they would have got there 
looked at the tomb and said, we're in the wrong place. On Friday, the stone was rolled over and now it's rolled back. We're in the wrong place. And then they would look around for a fraction of a second and think, but wait a minute, it's, it is the right place. What has happened? And for most of us, the temptation is to think that the stone is rolled away in order to let Jesus out. But please hear this. If you can rise from the dead, there's every possibility you can roll away a stone. It wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. It was rolled to one side to let the disciples in. Because their question was, is it true? They were looking for explanation and information. They wanted to move beyond metaphor and emotion. They wanted to know, is it true? Is it real? After all of the miracles, all of the teaching, thousands upon thousands of lives being impacted and transformed. And on Friday they saw it come to an end. And for the last few days they have been grieving, heartbroken. How could this happen? How would God in all of His love and care and concern allow it to finish this way to Jesus of all people? How could this happen? But on Sunday morning, they were beginning in those early moments to understand that the purposes and plans of God from all eternity past were coming to fruition that Sunday morning and God was not finished. Is it an uplifting story? Absolutely. Is it packed with metaphor and symbolism? Of course. But it is much more than that. It is true. And notice how the ladies responded. They step forward. The angel speaks to them. They are confused, uncertain, fearful. And the first thing the angel says is, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Please hear me when I say this and allow me to be as gentle and as pastoral as I possibly can. When God puts his hand on the life of an individual, man or woman, boy or girl, and he begins to draw you into an eternal, deep, abiding relationship with himself, when the Gospels begin to make sense, when you go through that supernatural experience of having intimacy with the living God and your life is transformed, it can be, ought to be, and should be an unsettling and uncomfortable experience. You cannot deal with the sovereign purposes and the recreative power of the call of God in your life and casually walk away. You cannot. And that's what was going on that Sunday morning. And the ladies felt it and sensed it and were afraid, uncertain, confused. And so the angel speaks and says, Do not be afraid. He is not here. He is risen. Come and see. Come and see where he lay. 
and they got it. At last, eventually, they were processing it and beginning to work out what had happened. And he says to them, go and tell the other disciples. Tell them to go back into Galilee, for there they will find him. And Matthew tells us this, that the ladies ran back to the disciples. Now, I don't know the last time you saw ladies in their 40s and 50s running but it's a sight. It's a wonderful sight. And it's a wonderful sight that Easter Sunday morning because they're full of energy and vitality and they're renewed and refreshed and they understand what's happened and the power of God is at work in their lives and they're running back to tell the disciples. And then Matthew says this, suddenly they met with Jesus. And he says to them, greetings. And what do they do? They fall at his feet. And they wrap their arms around his ankles and his feet. They don't want to let him go. And the question is this, why? Why? The guards, they were very upset. But they didn't run to him and put their arms around him. But the ladies do. Have you ever found yourself people watching? You sometimes find yourself when you're waiting somewhere and you're watching people go back and forward. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Choir, orchestra, please watch the congregation. Tell me how many hands go up. Are you guilty of people watching sometimes? Come on, let me see a little. Yes. And of course, you're trying to work out, is this a parent, a grandparent, a child, a grandchild? And you're watching what people are wearing and how they're interacting and so on. And if you ever find yourself at the airport and you're standing at the arrival gate and you're watching people around you, sometimes you will see a small family, mum, dad, wee ones, They're waiting on someone coming. They have balloons in one hand, flowers in another. One of the children has got we love you sign or a welcome sign. And they're waiting on someone arriving. And when the person comes through the arrival gate, the father in the group doesn't step forward and very politely say, welcome, it is so nice to see you. I trust you had a good journey. That doesn't happen. The sign is dropped. People rush forward. They embrace each other. Huge, long hugs are given. Tears are exchanged because the people welcoming the person never thought that day would come. And it is very emotional for them. And if you have a sense of that, that's what happened Easter Sunday morning when the ladies realized he had risen from the dead. Because all of their hopes and dreams had died over the last couple of days. It had come to a shuddering, unexpected end. How could this possibly be? And they were grieving and heartbroken and overwhelmed and bereft. And now the resurrection is true. It was more than they imagined the found difficulty taking it in, but there he was. And what does it say? 
And they worshipped him. They worshipped him because they knew what it meant to have their heart and soul touched by him, to be loved by him, to belong to him. This afternoon, when you have lunch or gather with family and friends, you will intentionally gather with people you love, people you want to be around. You won't come for the first course and say thank you and leave. You'll want to be there to enjoy them. That's what's going on here. The ladies didn't want to give him up. Why? Because when they first heard him speak, And the gospel broke into their lives. They understood for the first time that the love of God is real, that it transforms, that it renews, that it forgives. And when you trust Him and surrender your heart and mind and soul and submit to Him, He comes to dwell within you through His Holy Spirit and changes you forever. That's the heart of the gospel. And now the seal, an eternal seal is put on it through the resurrection. And the ladies understand that life can never be the same again. And they were being moved from information and emotion to transformation and love and grace. That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday morning. That's why it's so exciting. That's why it's so utterly astonishing. And when the Christian gathers for worship, how often have we said, worship is not so much an activity, but rather it's a central part of our identity. That's why the two ladies fell at his feet. That's why they wrapped their arms around him. They didn't want to let him go because they were overwhelmed and transformed and renewed in His love. If you are here this morning, if you are watching this on the web, if you are watching as a television viewer, listening on the radio, and God has been distant to you in recent months, This is your Sunday with Him. He's calling you. He's pleading you. He's drawing you to Himself and saying, He's exposing us to His love and He wants us to know Him and the transforming power of the Gospel. And I cannot help but wonder if this Easter Sunday isn't a fresh beginning for you. Please hear me. It really doesn't matter how far you have wandered. It doesn't matter the gravitas or the heinous nature of your sin. He loves you and longs for you to know Him. And when you trust Him and surrender and submit your life to Him, that's what happens That's what happens, and that's why we celebrate. About 12, 15 years ago, I was watching a BBC news report on television one evening, and it was at Christmas. And the reporter was interviewing the governor of the Bank of England. 
And in the United Kingdom, the governor of the Bank of England sets the inflation rate. And the reporters asked him a question relating to the spending spree and the economy leading up to Christmas. And when he asked the question, the governor of the Bank of England said this, we will not fully understand the significance of Christmas until Easter. And he was right. Matthew's gospel begins with the infancy narratives where the three kings go to meet the Christ child and instinctively, naturally, they fall down and worship him because they realized what the ladies realized that Easter Sunday morning, that God in all of his wonder and glory had touched Christ brought him back to life, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were renewed once again, and they were in the presence of Almighty God. And His creative, sustaining power had transformed history forever. And the purposes and eternal decrees and plans of God came to fruition that Easter Sunday morning. That's why we celebrate. That's why it's way too important to simply be a metaphor. That's why it's much more than an inspiring story. That's why it's much greater than a simple encouragement. Because it is true. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful story of Easter Sunday morning. And as we leave here in a moment or two, may we leave renewed, refreshed, transformed by your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand again the wonder, the power, and the sustaining and enabling of your love and your grace. Father, may the celebrations of today with family and friends May they be outstanding because you are at the very center of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is hymn number 447. Let's stand together because he lives.
I do trust you're going home excited and strengthened in your faith this morning. That was a worship service. Thank you for being with us. Thanks to our choir and our musicians and everyone who participated this morning. Allow me, please, on behalf of the staff and officers to wish you and your family God's richest blessing for this Easter day and all the days to come. At the close of our service on a Sunday morning, our elders and deacons gather here in the chancel area. And if you have questions about your faith or you're uncertain about your relationship with Christ and you want to chat with someone and have them pray with you, they'll be glad to do exactly that. Now let us pray together. And now may the blessing of God the Father, the eternal love of the risen Christ, and the peace and transforming power of God the Holy Spirit rest and remain upon each one of us, both now and always. Amen.